Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am so glad you get, you decided to join us today. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, are moved by the homeless situation, and sometimes we become angry, and sometimes we are frustrated by the fact that there's debris and there's dirt and there's all those kind of things, people camping in doorways, and we don't really know what the answer is. And I have an advertisement on the radio station that kind of starts to talk about my feeling about where we need to go with the homeless situation. So when I was asked to write for our Christmas appeal, and this would be appeals that are going out to new donors, something uh, for our, our kind of newsletter that is going out at that time, I decided that I really wanted to people to uh, the people out there to hear my heart's and our heart, and I would like you to hear that as well. So I wanted to start today by just reading briefly what it is that I'm sending out, and and I want to assure you that these things are are not just said things; they are heartfelt things. Uh, they don't come from a uh, a place that of non-caring. They come from a place that that speaks of our Lord and our Savior, at least to me. So it says, I would like to thank all of you for considering supporting the mission financially, with clothing, volunteering, or with your prayers. We will always, as the Lord allows, offer food to the hungry, clothing to the naked, a bed to the weary, and hope to the lost. The answer of the problem of homelessness does not lie in simply adding more housing, giving away more food, or making life easier for the homeless. It can be found in the hope of true and lasting transformation. That hope is not what might be. It is not a dream that someday things could be better. No, it's founded in the sure hope of the gospel and of the person of Jesus Christ. In our recovery program, we receive men that otherwise would have no hope. They have tried to regain their lives or in many cases to have a life that is that are for the first time off of their addiction and away from the streets. I just had one of the men come to me on the program and he was in tears saying that he had lost it all. He lost his wife, his kids, his job. In his home. He said that Jesus had saved his life and he did it through the Union Gospel Mission. This happens through counselors who care and showing them that they are loved. As pastors and counselors, we, we can love the unlovable because we remember that God loved us when we were unlovable and saved us when even, even though we had nothing to offer him. You are saved by grace, and that not of yourselves. Remembering that you are saved by grace, but you are saved unto good works. All true Christians should serve in love and humility the body of Christ, and that we need to love even those who are our enemies. In the program, 
they are taught that they are responsible for their own actions and that they are not entitled to what others have simply because someone may have more than them. That a person can work. If a person can work, he should work and contribute to society. That just scratches the very tip of the iceberg. But at the mission, I see men that really truthfully maybe have not been cared about for years, and we care about them. Do we do these things perfectly? No, and I certainly never have. But this I can tell you. This one gentleman that I'm just telling you about right now, I've held him in my arms and I've prayed with him many times uh, as his family disintegrated in front of him. And I can tell you also right now that it may be too late for he and his wife, but for he and his kids, his kids love him. He's been taking them to church. And, and let me tell you something, that alone is an amazing thing. He's not finished wor- working yet. He's, he's having to change a lot, and he is changing a lot. And he isn't there yet, but guess what? None of us are. One of the things that I would like us today to think about is the fact that we so often uh, hold pastors to some standard, or even as pastors or teachers or people, we think that we need to portray somebody who's perfect. Pastors that are out there, if you're young pastors and maybe you haven't gotten to this point yet, you don't need to always look like you're perfect. As a matter of fact, sometimes the imperfections in our lives remind people that we are sinners saved by grace just like they are. I do these things and we do these things because in Romans 1.16 it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed that people don't always understand us. I'm not ashamed that people don't always like us. I'm not ashamed that I, I wear the Union Gospel Mission shirt on Friday with our logo on it. And our logo is pretty bold. I mean, it's got a cross. It's got Jesus saves. And sometimes people go, oh, cool, the Union Gospel Mission. And a lot of times I see people who really look at me and and I can see really anger and hatred in their eyes. And, you know, I don't want that for our men. I don't want them to feel anger and hatred towards those that don't agree with us. But I, I was just doing a sermon at the mission, and I wanted to share just a little part of that with you. It's from Philippians, and it's 3.12. It says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I wanted to stop there and tell you that when I'm talking to these men and when I'm talking to the people at the church, when I'm talking to you guys on the air, there is nothing in this book that I read to you that I don't believe And there's nothing in this book that I would alter or change or try to make it fit my circumstance to convince you of something. The Bible is what it is, and it is the word of the living God. And so we stand or we fall right here on this word. It says, not that I have already obtained or am already perfect. Well, brothers and sisters, if you want to know if I'm already made it, or if I'm already perfect, the answer is no. You just need to ask those close around me, 
how many imperfections I might have, but it doesn't mean that I want that for myself. But Paul goes on to say, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Those are wonderful words. I am seeking Christ, but I'm not seeking him the way Paul is, but I want something different for my life as well. It brings with it the idea of a race, and I don't know how many of you have ever been on a track team, but, but I was on the track team in school when I was in junior high, and I was fast. And I was running a makeup race with the fastest kid in the school, and he broke the record by not tenths of a second, but by two or three seconds that had lasted for years and years, and I was one stride away from him. But guess what? Second place never goes down on the wall or on the trophy, and that's okay. And I wish I could come back to tell you there was a a glorious uh, return and I took it all, but that never happened. He was just faster than me. But one thing that he did, he ran hard. He ran with dedication. I ran faster than I'd ever run because I was trying to beat him, and he never looked back. And so... I see this race that we are running and we're not running with, you know, reading a book, texting something. We're not running along, looking at the flowers on the way by. What we're doing is we're in this race and it is a single-minded determination to make it to the goal. And so I saw in my, my mind's eye, I saw a climber on the rocks and his fingers are bloody from from grabbing the stones, but he has to make it to the top no matter what the cost is. And that's what he's saying, that he wants to make Christ his own. He wants to have this perfection, this this moving forward. And, and so he says to make Christ Jesus and that he, because he has made me his own. I want you to remember that this is Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, who was on a donkey headed for Damascus, when God sought to make him his own and knocked him to the ground with a lightning bolt. And so now Paul is wanting to grasp, to, to reach out, to gain Christ, just as Christ sought him and paid for him and knocked him to the ground and made him his own. And if you remember earlier in chapter 3, he said, I count all things that came before as, as refuge, as dung, because the surpassing greatness of what Christ had for him. And so, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, that pressing, that that eagerness, nothing will stand in my way. I will fight my way through the crowds. I will climb the highest mountain. I will swim the waters. I will fight the turbulence. I have a single-minded determination Paul is getting to, to have Christ and, and Christ crucified and risen again. And so he says, I'm forgetting all that passed before me. Now we know that many times that Paul has said to remember where you were from, and that's not what he's talking about here. But I think he's talking twofold things. One Sometimes we are so caught up in our guilt and our shame and everything from behind, we can't 
go forward because we're so busy looking behind us. We're so busy being upset about who we are. We forget who Christ has made us in himself. That he is drawing us and that he has done the work and we are in Christ. And there is now what? No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Jesus Christ. And so forget about it. Forget about the past. Yes, you need to never forget that you are a sinner saved by grace and that you did a lot of horrible things, but you can't live back there. But here's another thing you can't do. You can't rest on your laurels. You can't rest on the things that you've done in the past and say, oh, well, I can sit down now. I can take a break. It's okay. I I don't need to do anything more. Listen, I know how that goes. I remember preaching in a church, a church that was far from what you would call orthodox in, in how they believed the resurrection of Christ. And I knew going into this time that I was preaching that they had heard some really horrible things from their pulpit before. And so I went in, and and it was a great time. I preached Christ and him crucified. I preached that I am washed in the blood of Christ. I preached that everything in the Bible I believed. Many of the people in the church came up afterwards and said, Wow, I never heard the name Jesus Christ so many times. One guy said, I've never heard anybody say Satan from the pulpit. And it was a wonderful time. I had those that were, that were longing to hear the, about the gospel of Christ, about Jesus' glory. Some of them came up, and, and I felt like I had done this great job. But here's this danger. Once we've done something, and it, it was wonderful, whatever it was that God had, had done through us, that we can tend to want to reflect back on that all the time. I remember when I did this. I remember when I did that. I remember when God blessed us so much that we were doing this. And those are resting on the laurels, and they are also looking backward. But Paul says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to look at all the good things I did and let them stumble me from doing what I know I need to do now. And so... The two things, as I said, we can't look back and say to ourselves, oh, I'm such a horrible wreck. I I did this horrible thing. No, you need to press forward with everything in your mind and in your spirit to attain these things that Christ has told us. And so we press forward. We make it our own. We, We seek Jesus with every single fiber of our being. And trust me, I don't know anybody that always seeks Jesus with every fiber of their being, but that's what I want for my own life. And I can tell you this, when you do that, if you are pressing forward, you are going to find joy that you you never could have found any other way. I press on toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. And then he goes on to say, let those who are mature think this way. And if any, if any think any way different or otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. If you seek God, if you are on your knees, if you are seeking to imitate those who are imitating God, then God will make clear to you what is the proper way for you to go. 
And listen, the closer you seek Christ, the more joy there will be in your life, even though the closer you get, it seems like the further away you realize you really are. And as I said, we can't look backward. If you remember Lot's wife stood looking back at at, uh, Sodom, and she saw and she probably remembered her whole life back there. And, and yes, there was immorality in the city, but she had friends, she had a house, she had respect, she had those type of things. And so when she turned around to look back at, at Sodom, I don't believe it was simply to see what was going to happen to it. I think she looked back with longing. And as you know, she was turned into a pillar of salt. And I think that We sometimes can be frozen in time by looking back, as I said. And so we seek to move forward, to grasp that which we do not already have, to do it in a mature manner, to realize how far we still have to go, but not letting that detour us either. Just because the journey is long and the goal is far away, we need to know that we are are closer today than we were yesterday. God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have uh, attained. Let us not start straying off the path. Listen, one of the things that I love about some of the old uh, hymns, one of them says, so prone to leave the God I love. Let me ask you something. I don't, obviously you can't answer me on the air, (laughs) but I ask this of myself all the time too. Am I, Am I really that way? Am I prone to leave the God I love? And the answer is yes. Maybe not walking away and going to a foreign God or giving up, uh, you know, Christianity, but how often is it that God is calling me to do something and I'm turning the other way? How often is it that God has told me not to do something that I do or that I don't do something that I should have done. And by the way, when we look at Paul as this example, and I do, I mean, Paul and and the other disciples, they, they were men that were giving up everything they had to follow Christ. So yes, I, I take Paul as an example. But when I look at him, I also remember the man that said, the things I want to do, I do not do, but the things I do not want to do, this I do. Oh, who will save me from this body of death? Well, who will save him? The next few verses tell you, praise be to God, right? It is Jesus Christ who saves us from these things, no matter what we've done, where we've been, or how many times we fail. But let's hold true to those things that are are good and pure and the things that we have already attained and move forward in our walk with, with us always keeping our eye on the prize. Brothers, join, this is Paul again, he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have seen in us. And Paul is not being haughty here. Paul is not saying to you that, hey, you know, I'm pretty good. But what he is saying, I haven't attained it yet. I'm not perfect. I have failures. I'm not, I'm not everything I should be. But this I tell you, I am walking to gain these things. And so I know where you're at. You keep an eye on me. And as long as I'm following Christ, follow me. If I'm not following Christ, don't follow me either. And that's why Paul said, if anyone comes to you with a different gospel, including him, 
Don't just let them be anathema. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Wow, who are they? Who are these enemies of the cross of Christ? You are going to have all kinds of people in your life bring you a different gospel. They are going to be those people who are enemies of the cross. And yes, they may not have you sign in blood or, or go out and do horrible things, but it can be extremely subtle. They can be enemies of the cross when they tell you there is another way besides the grace of Jesus Christ to enter into the kingdom of heaven. They will always come with another gospel, with another way, with another Jesus. They will come and they will say, oh yes, you can be saved if you do this and this and this and this when God has told you you are saved by grace through faith and this doesn't even come from you. He says it is the gift of God. And so you know that you can hear the hiss when someone comes to you and presents to you a different gospel. Who are they? They are enemies of the cross because they are enemies of the grace of Jesus Christ. And they will come in a plethora of ways. What do you need to enter the kingdom of heaven? You need Jesus alone. You need his grace alone. Should you be baptized? Yes, you should be baptized. It's what he commanded you to do. Does it save you? No, it does not. The Judaizers did that very same thing. They said, well, you need to follow the, the, the dictates and the edicts of Moses and the laws, and, and you need to follow the traditions of the Jews. You need to be circumcised and have Jesus. That wasn't true. They didn't need to be circumcised. They didn't need to do the other things. They needed Christ and him crucified and risen again. And they were enemies of the cross. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, Paul is brokenhearted, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory is, their, is in their shame. Let me tell you something, guys. When we do anything or put anything on the same level as the grace of Jesus Christ, we try to rob Jesus of the very glory he has. If you tell me that you are perfect in every way, you are robbing God of the glory and the grace and making him a liar because he says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. One of the pastors I was listening to one time said, uh, and we're almost out of time, said, said uh, a guy walked up to him after a sermon on sin and said, hey, I want you to know I haven't sinned in 20 years. He said, can I talk to your wife? He said, well, well, my wife has a different view of sin. He said, no. He said, the problem is that you don't have a biblical view of sin. You cannot save yourself, Christ alone, through grace alone, in his word alone. And so we're out of time, guys. I, I want you to know that I truly care about these men at the mission. I care about each one of you and the salvation that I pray that you, that you come to. I know that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior. I know that he is the second member of the Holy Trinity of God. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
May God bless you and be with you all the time. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.